Hey everyone, welcome to the Revivals Family Podcast, where we discuss what God's doing on college campuses and the need for prayer, family, and revival. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Revivals Family. I'm Ty Lamb. I'm here with Carol and Estienne Reynolds. Hello, hello. It is the week of the Collegiate Day of Prayer. Yes, it is. February 25th, last Thursday of February. I think this is year, what are we doing? Year 11? 11, I think. think. Um, Collegiate Day of Prayer. So, um, how did it start, Ty? Okay, how did it start? Um, Yeah, I, I mean, when you look back at history, I mean, it dates back to 1815, if you guys can imagine that. It's the oldest day of prayer in American history. It went on for about 100 years, 1815 to early 20th century. Um, and then it went dormant for, you know, a good while. But um, about um, how many years ago? Um, in 20, 2009, 2010, a number of just friends in collegiate ministry got together. We were in New York for, for a gathering, and we decided to, you know, have another day of just a fellowship connecting. We were just catching up, talking story, and um, one of our friends, David Smithers, was just sharing about the history of this concert of prayer for college campuses and how it went on for 100 years. It came out of the First Great Awakening. You know, by 1823, every major denomination in America was setting aside that day to pray for college campuses, you know, um, and then Second Great Awakening happened, and then 100 years. So we were just so moved by this this history mm-hmm. and how it was this huge part of American church history. Right. But then so devastated that, like, even though it was this huge part of revival and church history, you know, in the 19th century, you know, throughout most of the 20th century, it was kind of forgotten and and dormant. And so, we just kind of looked at each other and said, hey, why not restart it? What hinders us from just mobilizing our students and the campuses we're connected to and and really just, you know, call campuses and call the church to prayer? And so, we did that. In 2009, I think we put up a website, you know, for February 2020. 10. And I think our first year, we had about 450 campuses adopted in prayer. Year two, we had 900. Year three, we had 1,200, 15, 18, 2,000. Um, and then I think it was two years ago in 2019, we saw every— 2018. 2018. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Carol. Uh, if you guys don't know, Carol helps run the Collegiate Day of Prayer, and so she knows a lot of these things <laughs> better than I do. Um, um in 2018, we saw every college campus in America adopted in prayer. Okay, so I have so many questions, Ty. Let's backtrack. So it was a day of prayer, hot, like 1800s. Yes. Who started it? Do you know? Was it like college students initiated it? Pastors, parents? Do you have a grade on how it came about? That's a great question. I feel like we need to pull. <laughs> we need um, to phone a friend. <laughs> David Smithers. Yeah, phone yeah. David. Can we call in David Smithers? Um, David, we love you. Um, so, so my best understanding as a non-historian um, is that it really started at, at Harvard, Yale, Princeton, mm-hmm. and it was um, it was really, I mean, coming out of a move of God from the late 1700s, and the Lord moved powerfully on the campuses of Harvard, Yale, Princeton. You know what we know to be the Ivy Leagues, and then in the Northeast, and coming out of that that move, I mean, prayer was such a you know significant fruit of it, but but I think a huge part of it was that. The church wanted to pray for the next generation. You know, I think a whole generation really got marked and impacted with the gospel. I mean, entire classes got saved, you know, um, like, 
the, the testimonies of what happened out of that Great Awakening was so powerful, how entire classes of students really came to the Lord, radical shifts. But I think the, the heart of it was to pray for, for the generations after the initial ones that this move of God would not be just for, you know, a couple um, like years of students that went through, but really that this move of God would would really continue to mark you know generation after generation of students. Um, and so by 1815, it'd been you know some 20 odd 20 some odd years since the the, the outbreak of the, that that move of God. And so I think the heart of it was that what, what God started that it would be sustained and really grow and. And from 1815 to the mid-1850s, I mean, you know, 30 years later, there's another massive move of God. And so historians would say that this, would, this you know, effort or prayer, the concept of prayer for college campuses, was a real integral part in connecting the first great awakening to the second. Got it. That's pretty epic. I think so, too. Yeah. I'm just wondering, why did it suddenly go dormant? That's a great question. Um, and we should once again <laughs> phone call a friend. Them, <laughs> phone a friend. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, my, my best understanding of it would be that, you know, in, in as the world was changing, you know, because at the end of the eight, uh, at the end of the nineteenth century, um, was the, the student volunteer movement, you know. So, I mean, in, in the wake of, um, you know, um, in in the in the advent of the student volunteer missions movement, um, there was just this huge groundswell of believers that are saying, I want to go to the nations. And that went on kind of late eighteen hundreds to you know early nineteen hundreds, but then World War One was breaking out and the world was changing. Mm. And and I think that that America was changing, you know, we were kind of coming into the world stage as a as a global leader. And I think just the dynamics of generational change, changing world, you know, global war, um, I think it just fell out of the annual rhythm of the church. The world kind of got shocked, and the church was like, we don't have time to figure out this, and I imagine forgotten, forgotten. I imagine it was probably similar to right now, you know? I mean, like, the, that time period, like 1914, 18, I mean, there was global war, there was mm-hmm. Spanish flu. I mean, the world just got turned upside down. And I think sure. that was the first world war, you know, like in modern history. Yeah, yeah. And, and I imagine it shook the world by storm, you know, like COVID and this past year of 2020 has been. Right. And so you guys, you and a group of friends in, endeavored to start it again, a day of prayer specifically for college students. Yes. And so what was in your guys' heart? Like, what did you want to see from this day of prayer? Honestly, I don't know if we we even knew what was possible. I mean, I think ultimately our heart would be we want to see revival, mm-hmm. you know, on campuses, Great Awakening in America. But, but I think we were more captivated by the history and captivated by what had been done in previous generations. And really, we just heard dreaming. We're like, well, what hinders us, you know? And we were just thinking within our networks and spheres, like why not call, you know, students to prayer, call the church to prayer for campuses. Um, And I I think, you know, we were dreaming without clarity of ambition. We're just like hopeful and we're like, let's see what God does, you know? And it was kind of like this fleece we're putting out. And we just had no clue what response we would get. 
You know, it was something that in our hearts we thought would be really awesome and cool, you know. But we just found that it became this grassroots thing where across America, different campuses would, some campuses would do, you know, like a 24-hour day of prayer. Some would do a week of prayer in a tent. Others would, you know, gather ministries together, you know, to have united prayer together. Others would be local church prayers or even citywide things where, where never churches come together to pray. And we were just blown away by the response of so many young people, like moms in the church, moms in the church became just kind of this whole grassroots thing where, you know, there's all these moms group, moms group with kids in college and just, you know, other just, you know, ones in the church who had a heart for the campus down the street and they would get together and commit to adopting, you know, the, the college campus down their street where their kids go to and mm-hmm. set aside, you know, like meetings and, and, and small group gatherings and homes to pray for them. Yeah. So it's interesting because I think that's one of the key word when it comes to Collegiate Day of Prayer, adopt a campus. Yes. Could you share a little bit more? What does it mean to adopt a campus? Uh, that's, that's a great question. It, it was language that we came up with by accident, honestly. You know, uh-huh. we, we were trying to figure out how to invite people to commit to praying for our campus. You know, instead of just registering and which campus are you committing to pray for, um, I think there's something about just the heart of a mother, father, a heart of someone that's choosing to adopt, you know, a son or daughter into family, and um, you know. Obviously, this is for a day of prayer, a moment where we're saying, hey, would you adopt a campus or campuses that are on your heart in your city that you went to, you know, that are are in proximity to you and adopt that campus for this day of prayer and commit to praying for it by name with some others. Um, But I think our hope was that people would not just adopt it for a day or for a moment, but that they would choose to say, hey, I'm I'm starting on this day, the last Thursday of February, but I'm going to commit as one commits to a child that I want to pray for this campus regularly throughout the year, you know, that, that God would move powerfully on that campus with the gospel, pouring out a spirit, and really, you know, like giving just a breakthrough of revival and spiritual awakening on that campus and, and on other campuses. And there's been some pretty cool things that have come from it. Um, I'm just thinking there's this thing called Every Campus, Yes, yes, yes. Um, every campus was this really neat thing the Lord did. Um, it started initially with crew and university, and um, it, it was really this collaboration of these two very large established collegiate ministries coming together in partnership around the gospel. And really, just with the ambition, you know, when you look at the 4,000 plus campuses in America, you know, only about, you know, less than half of them have a known gospel movement on them. You know, there's probably 400 very large state universities, the NCAA, Division One colleges, football teams, the ones that we know. Those campuses have, you know, dozen, two dozen, three dozen ministries. You know, it's the, the University of California, Berkeley, um, Go Bears. <laughs> All the big state schools, like like UT Austin and like, you know, NC State and University of Michigan, those campuses have, you know, like dozens of ministries on them. And then there's the next 800 after that that have, you know, a handful of ministries. It's the smaller state schools, the ones that are not as large or as visible, known, famous, you know, so, so those 1,200 schools probably have the bulk of college ministries. Wow, that's a lot. Because even I went to Bentley University and it's a big enough school like big? four or five thousand not you know not the ucs but i remember when i was in college i think there was uh i think it was an iv person but just over the region in a varsity 
Uh huh. In a varsity, where like they didn't, they weren't on campus weekly, so they would just invite us to the retreats. So it's shocking that for that school, there really were no other campus ministries, which is shocking. You would think spread the wealth. Yeah, you know? because I went to Berkeley, and and when I was a student at Berkeley, some twenty plus years ago, there were probably about twenty five ministries on campus. And oh my goodness! And there's more now. There's the and Asian ones. There's the African American ones. Not just Asian ones. There were many, many Asian <laughs> oh ones. Oh my goodness! You know, I mean, there are probably twenty Asian ones. <laughs> you know, and then you know, crew and university and others. Um, but but other schools like Texas A and M. I mean, they have like fifty ministries. And Texas A and M is a very large school. You know, or Arizona State University, or you know, some of these big schools. Uh, but then you know, like I'm thinking about schools in our city here. You know. University of Missouri, Kansas City. It's a school of, I think, you know, 15,000. There's probably about 10 ministries. And then some other schools in our area, University of Central Missouri or Missouri Western State probably has fewer. And then I can think of three, four schools in our, in our city that have no known gospel movements. And there are believers there. And there's local churches that are pastoring and creating a place for for community and family, but there's no intentional gospel effort on the campus in a, in a missional way. The Every Campus Initiative really just created visibility to say, hey, this is where we're at. You know, we're on some 1,200 plus campuses. Um, and then there's all these community colleges and all these other small state schools and then all these private liberal arts schools that have no known intentional gospel missional effort on. And and what if we, instead of just all competing on, on you know, 1,200 schools, what if we target the next 3,000 and crew where you go, we count as an effort. And where I, university goes, we count as a collaborative effort. And then other ministries, like we got involved, Chi Alpha, Navigators, and, and now it's you know, 50 plus ministries have collaborated to say, let's, let's target the, the unreached, unengaged campuses. And so kind of the first step in that was a desire to see every campus in America prayer walked. And so in, um, in 2019, we saw every campus adopted in prayer and then launched every campus where the vision was that every campus in America would have you know, believers that would intentionally walk and pray those campuses. And in a year and a half, by mid... May, it was like May 2020? May 2020, yeah. By May 20, in a year and a half, we saw, you know, like almost 5,000 college campuses prayer walked. I think it was like 4,800 some campuses prayer walked. And it really was quite a sign and a wonder, you know. I mean, like we did the math. I mean, and the amount of, you know, people required, you know, over that span to do it. Um and so, so we saw 2019, 2020, Every Campus America adopted, Every Campus prayer walks, and now the, the, the collaborative vision is we want to start targeting the next generation of students on campuses that have no known gospel movements and don't have access to a community campus fellowship that is really proclaiming the gospel and making disciples. Wow. That's a BHAG, I would say. A BHAG. Big, a big, hairy, hairy audacious, audacious goal. goal. <laughs> but that's amazing. It's amazing to see how much they've accomplished already and the things they're still reaching for. Yes. I think what stirs my heart about CDOP is just seeing and reading and knowing that there have been historic revivals on college campuses. It's not like we're praying for something that's a shot in the dark, you know? Mm. Like there's. Totally. There's history yeah. that if the Lord has moved in just a, a wide sweeping way at yes. Harvard, at Asbury. And I love just the place of contending again and believing for 
it's a happening in on yes. every campus. Yes, totally. I, I love that prayer. Lord, do it again. Because it, I think when we're, when we're praying things that we have not seen, you know, we're praying from the place of, of hopefulness with faith. Um, but, but we're praying very informed by history of what God's done, you know. And, and I think, you know, for those who, who have read history and have, you know, studied church and revival history, I mean, like so many, I think it's the vast majority of revivals in American histories have been connected to college campuses and young people. And, um, you know, I mean, it dates back to the, the early days of American history, you know, through First Great Awakening, Second Great Awakening, and throughout the 20th century. I mean, we've had some key, really, you know, moves of God connected to college campuses, whether or not it's Asbury or Wheaton College or, you know, a University of Mad Wisconsin-Madison or UCLA or, or others, you know. And, and I think our prayer is, Lord, like, if you did it then, right. could you do it again in our day? Right, and just to think, it wasn't just a, a moment. It really had impact beyond those days of revival when it happened. You know, I'm just thinking of the fruit it produced and how not only the students that were touched were never the same, but where they went afterwards and what they carried. Yeah. And I love when you say, you guys were just dreaming of what's possible. I think that is what's stirring is what is possible as unite as believers unite and pray you know and so at the time when we're recording this podcast it's monday right now collegiate day of prayer is on thursday that's three days away four and four three <laughs> three well, Never mind. Yeah. depends on how you count, you count today or no so it's exactly almost halfway in that there's about four thousand some odd colleges in America, and about half of them, people have said, hey, I'm committed to pray for them on that day. But there's still about half that remains unadopted in prayer yet. And so I'm just going through the list a little bit, um, just to stir you guys as you're listening to go to the website, collegiatedayofprayer.org, and search your state, search your city, and see which campuses um, still remain not adopted in prayer yet. So I'm looking here, there's Southeast Arkansas College, there's Art Center College of Design in Pasadena, California. There's a, a ton of California colleges that have yet to have someone commit to praying for them. Um, so I would just encourage you guys, go to the website. Yes. Click that little button that says unadopted and it, it'll yeah. show you all the campuses that nobody's praying for yet. And what's really cool, just a shout out to Esty my husband and helping create the map you can now see you can click on a campus and see who is, who are the people praying for this school go Estian it's a great map so I hope you guys make use of it and just pray and see which school the Lord is really stirring your heart for and what are the things you're believing for for your own school yes. for the schools that you see on this website really fun story um, your son Jeremy a number of years ago and, and mm -hmm. this is really a story of how you got connected to CDOP like uh, tell that story of how Jeremy got stirred for every campus in Boston yeah so Jeremy um, he was in kindergarten at the time and he w w was going to a Christian school and as a kindergartner they had this project where they had to come up with something to pray for make a poster board and we're from Boston and so out of nowhere he says well, I want to pray for Boston 
And I said, okay, like, what about Boston? He's like, I want to pray for all the colleges. And so he could barely write that. So <laughs> I, like, look up all the colleges in Boston and I help him write it on this board. And as I'm doing it, I am hit with just how many lives are represented in this one city alone. Wow. Like, just this one little city in Boston. There's, like... I don't even know, like 50 schools or something. Just think of how many people, how many destinies I represent. And I just felt burdened in that moment. Like, wow, Lord, save souls. Like, save this generation. And from that, it was just so bizarre. I Googled, I don't even know how, but I think I Googled Collegiate Day of Prayer somehow. I saw that Ty Lam was a part of it and he was from IHOP. I was like, oh my gosh, this is at the International House of Prayer where we're a part of. And that's just kind of the jumpstart to us getting connected with Ty, with Luke 18 Project, with Collegiate Day of Prayer. And this week, it will be, what year? We're 2021. This will be six years. our sixth year are part of the collegiate day of prayer. Wow. So what Come happens on. when you pray? <laughs> uh-huh. Thank That's you, Jeremy. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that testimony because um, it, it really just highlights how multi-generational the Lord can use that he stirred mm-hmm. a five-year-old, you know, to do this school project that really he just- He can't even write. He can't even write. <laughs> that really awakens his mom's heart, you know, for college campuses. And through that, she has connected with the Luke 18 Project and then really becoming kind of the core project manager for Collegiate Day of Prayer, you know, and, and brings her husband into it too. <laughs> Praise God. Here I am. But, but as we wrap up today, um, you know, I, I just love getting to do this with you guys. I mean, it's so fun getting to do Collegiate Day of Prayer with you guys, but it's so fun year after year just seeing what the Lord does and can do. And we're always surprised by, you know, how many people respond. And and really, we're not asking you to adopt a campus because we, we need you to see every campus adopted because we have great confidence that by Thursday we will. But it's more so that we know that there's, as Carol said, there's unique lives and destinies that each of these campuses represents. That when we talk about Harvard, we're praying for those, you know, 15,000 students, you know, at Harvard or at Stanford or at University of Missouri, Kansas City. You know, we're praying for just a community that represents lives and people and destinies and God's heart for them. We just just want to invite you into that story that, that you can be a part of coming alongside as a student, as a mother and father on behalf of the 30,000 students on your campus, you know, or the campus that's down the street from you or the campus that's near to your heart. And, and let's believe God together this week. You know, we pray these prayers, Lord, do it again. Let's believe God that what he did in previous generations, what he did during the Jesus movement, you know, I know so many, you know, church leaders, fathers and mothers who were impacted in the 70s in this Jesus movement. And I think we just hit a 50 year anniversary for it. Lord, do it again in our day. Encounter another generation of students on campuses. And would you mark a generation that would experience revival on their campus, another great awakening in our nation? Yeah. Carol, would you pray for everyone listening? Yes, I'd love to. Jesus, we come before you and we just say that it's not okay for college students to go through their college years without encountering you. God, that it's not okay 
God, and we ask, would you come and meet every student? God, we ask that in this week, would you raise up your intercessors to really take their stand and commit to praying for just the campuses on their heart, to just pray forth the destinies, God. I would just think, how many missionaries will be released because people pray? Just I'm just thinking, how many destinies, what kind of callings are to be released because the Lord is waiting for people to pray it forth and to really send forth laborers from the college campuses in America. So Father, we ask for faith as we pray. We ask that you would stir intercessors and God, we dare to believe that you will do it again, that you would move on every college campus in America. God, that it wouldn't be like the days of old where it was just a select few, God, but we're asking for every campus, for students to have a, a just for you to touch them and for them to experience salvation and your power and healing and love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Carol and Essien Reynolds, both for podcast today, but for all that you do for the Collegiate Day of Prayer. It Thanks, really would Todd. not happen without you guys. Thank you for your so leadership. Glad to help. Yeah. Your faithful leadership. You as well. And you know, I was just thinking the first one was for about a hundred years. This is what year 11 of who knows how many, Ty. This could go until the Lord returns. Wow. So we just say, <laughs> what a statement. Pray for Ty. <laughs> for Ty. He's got a it. long journey ahead. Uh, I love it. Well, thank you all for joining us today. Um, go to collegiatedataprayer.org. Um, details will be in the, the caption. Amen. Bless you guys.